Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast with Tessa Zolli and Good Skin Circle with Ashley Curtis and Joshua Maniscalco and all of you. (laughs) Welcome, guys. We are here today to talk to you about a really important topic. I think a lot of us in the industry are aware of, but we just wanted to do a formal episode talking more about this subject, the esthetician revolution, and answer some of the questions as to what it is, what the purpose is for the revolution, and why estheticians should care about it, and why our clients and and brands should care about it as well. So I was thinking we could start off with both of you guys introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about what the esthetician revolution means to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Tess. And thanks for uh, inviting us to do this collaboration. We are both projectors, so we love the invitation. (laughs) All three of us are. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize you were a projector too, Tess. (laughs) Apparently so, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, So uh, my name is Ashley Curtis. For anyone who uh, may not know who I am, I have been a licensed esthetician for 17 years. Um, So I've been around for a while. (laughs) I've seen, I've seen a lot of, you know, brand partnerships that were good in places that I was working before I opened my own business. And, um, and I've also seen a lot of the, the bad, you know, like I've seen good and bad. So Um, a few years ago, I really started noticing a pattern happening with brand partnerships where they, brands would start out and they would be professional only, and they would be professionally dispensed, meaning you had to be a physician or a licensed esthetician to dispense the products, um, for that brand. And then slowly over time, once their brand awareness became bigger and bigger because of those physicians and because of those licensed estheticians building the brand up, um, they slowly went to direct to consumer and they, they started selling direct to consumer, which as we know, as professionals really does cut into our bottom line. And when the products are more accessible everywhere, it really it kind of makes them just seem they're just not it's just not as um the rapport of the products um starts to go down a little bit and in some cases um when they're being mass manufactured even the ingredients and um other things like the formulations can be compromised um so just i just started noticing this pattern um and like i said this has been like years and years of this pattern going on um and then this this year um there was a brand partnership that i was really interested in um it was with a company who makes um it makes a couple of products that are not even close to being prescription grade. Like they're like hyaluronic acid and, you know, mists and things that are definitely within the estheticians, like 
license to be using on clients and to, to be dispensing and they required medical oversight. They don't even have anything in their portfolio that is like even close to being medically, you know, prescribed. So just didn't make sense to me. I, I feel like that was like the tipping point for me. Like I had had enough um, of like require, like them requiring estheticians to have a medical director for a product like this. It really got my wheels turning about like what is happening in our industry. And so we opened up the conversation. It was actually on Good Skin Circle when we first talked about it, Josh and I, and we had this like very open dialogue about this pattern that we were both recognizing for years and years. And that's my story of how like it came into fruition, but it's really taken off since then. And we have a petition on change.org um, that estheticians can go sign if they want to go read like the letter that we wrote to all skincare brands if they haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, I'm going to let Josh take it from there. That was, yeah, that was a good explanation. Um, my name is Josh Maniscalco. I've been a statistician for 18 years and um, I've owned my own business for the past seven years, almost eight. Um, and I also sell, I am a brand that sells direct to consumer, my clients and to estheticians now. So I've kind of seen it all in terms of retail, wholesale, labs, you know, just behind the curtain of what consumers don't see. And a lot of estheticians don't see or, and don't understand. Um, and when I opened my business, uh, I was very aware of what was happening and the future of our industry. I knew that brands selling on Amazon, um, Derm Store, all these big platforms was going to hurt small business. And specifically mine, I was like, okay, who do I find that I can partner with that is not selling online? They only support estheticians. They have great education. So I selected several brands that that uh, did not sell online, and that's how I built my business. And it was it was really key for me to grow and and for my peace of mind. I felt like, okay, this is my domain. Do you know what I mean? Like these brands that I'm partnered with are supporting my business and my clients can only get them for me. And there's a couple other things that go into to, um, that, but we'll get into that later. But um, the esthetician revolution for me is really about raising awareness for estheticians and consumers on deceptive marketing practices that mislead them and ultimately hurt solo estheticians and small local beauty business owners. For me, that's really what it's about. And there's many branches of that. And it's, it's a huge umbrella, I think. There's, you know, claims like medical grade and it's very sneaky the way that that term is undermining our very industry and slowly but surely pushing us out um, so that we are not experts anymore. We're just a commodity for, you know, medical brands or sorry, medical practices really. Um, and just so that we can be their little basic retail sales robot. And it's yeah. not like we're really calling the shots or being viewed as experts. So I think that for me is, is what it's about. I really want to empower estheticians to think for themselves. I mean, we, that's what we want to do with this revolution and um, really bring us together as a community, as a collective, almost, almost unionize us, you know, so that we are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a great explanation. Um, we actually did formulate um, a mission statement for the esthetician revolution, and I thought it would be really powerful to read it right Please, now for yeah. anyone who might not know what it even is, like who has yes. no concept of what it is. Um, the esthetician revolution is dedicated to raising awareness about the unjust business and marketing practices prevalent in the skincare industry. Our mission is to safeguard and preserve the scope of practice 
practice for licensed estheticians, which is currently under threat of complete removal in several states. We strive to empower licensed estheticians and educate consumers about the detrimental consequences of unfair practices employed by skincare brands. Through advocacy, education, and collaboration, we aim to foster transparency, integrity, and ethical standards within the industry. And together, we will challenge the status, status quo and ensure that the vital role of the licensed esthetician remains protected and respected. Something I wanted to add in that I just really respect about the both of you is that you both have had medical directors like if you wanted to you could bring on a lot of these brands that required the medical directors but I really admire that you guys are stepping into the forefront with this revolution and again even though you have access you're really speaking for all of us estheticians and small businesses and solo practitioners that might not be able to afford a medical director. Maybe just this idea of having a medical director doesn't quite resonate with consumers who aren't in this world and who may not understand all that that entails, but it really can stand in the way of uh, bringing on certain brands that are really popular and brands that could elevate our businesses and that could make us more money. But even speaking for myself, I know there are a lot of brands that I can't carry without paying a doctor. And some of these doctors are are really expensive. And just the reality of being able to afford one um, isn't there for a lot of us, especially who are new to the industry, who are just starting out. And it's become this kind of unfair burden that we feel like, you know, we kind of need to take on. And I think it's just one of those things where <laughs> it, it almost seems like it should be kind of illegal for brands to be saying you need a doctor to carry non-prescription products and you would think there would kind of be some regulations or somebody to step in and kind of standardize this process but there really isn't and that's where you guys are coming in and I just wanted to kind of honor that thank you yeah thank you I think there's so much to be said um and I'm sure Josh Josh would agree with this. I mean, we do both have medical directors, but there's so much to be said about the medical oversight, like in a lot of cases. And I think this brings me to a point too, that we'll probably talk about later on, but we're not, we don't want to go against the medical community. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there are so many good reasons to have a medical director. Um, But I think going back to the point, you know, to carry a brand that is non-prescription products, that being, if if that's the only reason you have a medical director, I think that's, un, I don't think that's right. I really don't. Right. I agree. I, I agree. I think that's the, that's the sneaky part to it mm-hmm. where it's like by, by us kind of playing into that, it almost, you know, helps say that we're not, specialists you know what I mean that we don't know what we're doing and the fact is the reality is in a medical practice you have injectors injecting right Mm -hmm. doctors doing surgery or injecting Um, estheticians are not doing those things right we are doing facials treatments peels recommending home care going over the home care what what we do on a daily basis and that is a crucial vital role in the medical practice. Mm -hmm. So to jump on what Ashley was saying, yeah, we're not going against the medical practice. We're just saying, hello, hi, Mm -hmm. we are valuable. This is where we are. You know, this is what we do. Why are you trying to take that from us? It's, it's, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like getting doctors even medical professionals to wake up to the fact of mm-hmm. this is the beauty industry. Here's mm-hmm. the hierarchy. If, if you need to see it that way, you know, this is how all of the dots connect to 
provide a healthy medical practice. That it's as simple as that. Yeah. And, and empowering, brands- I feel like they need to empower us as the esthetician mm-hmm. um, by allowing us access because there are so many skincare practices that do employ medical directors and do employ medical professionals, but they are the owners. The estheticians are the owners of the practice and they're the ones who are, like Josh said, we're recommending the skincare regimens. We're the ones investing, buying the skincare. We're the ones who are footing this huge bill for the skincare and like making thousands and thousands of dollars of purchases of skincare just to have retail on our shelves for our clients. And I think it's very unclear as to what specific role the medical director plays in terms of retailing product. Are they required in case of a a skin reaction? I, I'm I'm kind of unclear on that. And just I feel like we've we've kind of abided by this label of physician dispense, but what does that really mean? It started with, you know, basically in my career, um, early on before hiring a medical director was a thing, I was working at um, a, a medical aesthetics practice owned by an esthetician, and there was only estheticians on staff. But we had a medical director, so we could dispense Retin-A, you know, tretinoin, and hydroquinone. Sure. I mean, um, and we also had like um, clindamizol and, you know, no oral, just topical um, for rosacea. And Clendomycin, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it started in my career was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. These are yeah, prescription products, prescription. you know, and the doctor would sign off, you know, okay, you know what you're doing, you know how to use it, you know, and that is kind of, I think, where it kind of began. And then it just, I think brands saw this opportunity where they're like, oh, and then the whole cosmeceutical, skinceutical type thing happened. <laughs> and this kind of third category between cosmetics and you know prescription became a thing and so brands were like how do we grow this invisible category to actually be something that can circumnavigate the law essentially and so that goes back to the deception right this is all part of the foundation of deceit and lies yes that marketing has perpetuated for the past 20 years Yes, I think it may have started with kind of normal circumstances with backing prescriptions, but then I think brands saw an opportunity to differentiate themselves and establish this sort of above all else because we're physician dispensed and then brands started implementing that requirement and kind of just like shedding out the esthetician. Absolutely. And that, that practice is pretty much kind of what I think the esthetician revolution is really about. Because yeah. a lot of people have been calling that out, like medical grade and the marketing is everywhere now. It's medical grade. Right. I, to me, that blows my mind. It seems right. illegal. I when know. you're using that term medical, it, it seems so odd to me that you would need a medical director to sell a cleanser to a client that is clearly cosmetic. It, it, it's just mind boggling. Good point. Like yeah. that was it. I remember actually, like it was that thought that I hadn't, like I remember so vividly like feeling like, why do I need a medical director to dispense this product that I have known about for like my whole, like this is not like, this yeah. is not medical grade. Like this is not anything serious. This is definitely not outside of my scope as a licensed esthetician. Like the fact that they're requiring medical director for dispensing this is wild. Like, and I think it just needs to be addressed and I think we do. We all really, I mean, this is the basis of the revolution. Like we do need to unionize and come together and say like enough is enough. I've, you know, throughout the revolution, we're seeing more and more people, more and more estheticians pulling those product lines and those brands off of their shelves because it does not empower us. Like it really does not to keep those brands on your shelves. Like you're basically buying into this whole idea the longer Mm -hmm. you keep investing into these product lines. 
I just also want to kind of point out the irony of the term medical grade, because I think, especially during the pandemic, there was kind of this big uh, commotion around the term of medical grade and it finally getting called into question. And I even remember there was this TikTok of a dermatologist stitching an esthetician who was talking about the term medical grade and just completely slamming her and and using the term um, against estheticians to almost imply that we're trying to use this fraudulent term to sell you expensive skincare, but it's been a term that's kind of been pushed down upon us. It's been used against us to require us to bring in a doctor and, and pay for a doctor. But then we kind of get the backlash of using the term. Meanwhile, I've been in brand trainings where this term is so shoved down our throat and we're, we're taught, you know, this is what you should talk to your clients about to differentiate between over-the-counter and what you're selling. And I've even asked in brand trainings, like, what does that mean? Can you explain, you know, what, what meaning medical grade has? And I feel like it's always been met with almost this, like, don't even ask that kind of attitude. I look at Tessa's our generations, like our industries, Barbara Walters, because she's just, you're just such a good host and you're so oh, thoughtful thanks. with your questions. And I just, I love doing pods with you. Oh, thanks, babe. I appreciate that so much. Do, do we feel like we've kind of answered the question why estheticians should care about this? Oh, Anything else you would add? I think um, just to go off the medical grade conversation, I think for estheticians who maybe don't know what a better terminology to use other than medical grade to differentiate or medical the esthetician. Yeah. A lot of people say that. To differentiate the products that they're selling from, you know, Sephora, the drugstore, because there is a there is yeah. a differentiation that needs to be acknowledged. Yes. Um, I think the better term is professional. Um, so the more we can lean into professional skincare, this is a professional product. Um, and even going deeper and not really even labeling the products and just going deeper into the science with your clients and why the formula differs from the formulas at the drugstore, I think is the better move than just slapping yeah. the medical grade label when you're talking about the products that you're selling. Totally. Because there is a clear difference. I see it every time I work with a client transitioning from over-the-counter to professional product. But yeah, I, I think, again, it's just an issue with the term medical grade. And next, I wanted to ask you guys, since you are really involved in the behind the scenes of talking with brands, trying to get more brands on board with the revolution, how do you think brands have been responding to this overall? Have you been pleasantly surprised or have you been more disappointed or a mix of both? Um, I, I, we're both laughing because we just had uh -oh. a... We just had a phone call with a brand that we were not impressed with at all. We won't, of course, we're not going to talk about brand names. Um, no. And that brand, of course, is entitled to, you know, what they're doing. But anyway, um, I would say that my, um, I have felt very, I feel very neutral at this point um, regarding the brands that we've spoken to directly. Uh, no policy changes have really happened yet with the brands that we're hoping that they will eventually happen. Um, but I think more clarity and transparency is being born. And I do always like to point out like the nuance and that change takes time. And this is brand new for a lot of these brands that have been mm -hmm. operating in the wrong for a long time. So that's mm -hmm. my opinion. Um. You know, I, I think it takes time. Um, we've had several conversations, um, like Zoom calls, um, DM exchanges. Um, mm -hmm. Many brands have reached out to both of us directly and together. And, you know, I am an eternal optimist. So I'm going to kind of spin this in the way that like, you know, we stated what 
our feelings were with that letter on Instagram, that open letter to brands, and they responded. And so to me, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that a couple of the brands have responded has been with more deception and manipulation, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, just regurgitating their tired lies in a different way mm-hmm. to us directly in yeah. hopes of utilizing our community. And all I would have to say to that is just, you know, we didn't get licensed yesterday. <laughs> like yeah. we aren't business owners, you know, we're, we're not new to this and right. we're very, very clear on our values, integrity, and what we stand for and where we want to see our industry go. And, and we do see the future of that. Like, yes, maybe it's, it's up optimism, but I do think that there is room for them to change. And, and I also have learned so much from these brands. Like I didn't know a lot of things mm-hmm. that, that do go on. I'm a super small micro brand, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to, to mm-hmm. run a massive company and have to deal directly with Amazon and be forced into yeah. certain policies. Yeah. And so, like Ashley said, there's a ton of nuance with this topic, but I think there are a couple of brands that stood out and some that I, I can't really talk about some things, but there are some really, really good things happening behind the scenes that can't be spoken about right now. But yeah, that's what gives me my optimism because I do see the good people standing mm-hmm. up and saying, no, it ends here. I'm going to make a better way. And, mm-hmm. and y'all are going to see that over time, but that's why I kind of said it, it just takes time, you know? Yeah. I think it, you're completely right, Josh. It just takes time. And I was thinking about that this morning, actually on my walk um, with Fulmer, I was thinking <laughs> like, I think what we're doing, the waves of impact are going to be seen for years and years and years like new brands coming into the market are watching what we're doing right now and they are probably creating their values around the letter you know so it's like there could be an idea being formulated right now that we don't even know about I mean there are ideas that people have brought to us already that like it's exciting because we know that we're on the forefront of like all of this great change and all of these new brands, up and coming brands that are going to be really taking to heart what mm-hmm. we all as licensed estheticians, what we agree on, because this letter was not just both of us, like it was, you know, it was five other people and then more like 20 other people on top of that. And then now it's like 80 people in the revolution group. So it's, you know, it's a big chunk of experienced, not very experienced licensed estheticians. And I think there are smaller indie brands that are making changes. Um, I want to shout out Anfisa Skin. They just launched a new affiliate program. Um, I just got the email yesterday, actually, and they highlighted that they have global uniform pricing. So that means they never do discounts on their website, even though they sell direct to consumer. And they're now giving professionals a cut of that, which they weren't doing before. Um, and what also was really cool about this that really stood out to me was that they have a 30 day cookie lifespan on their website. So even if someone clicks to like put it in their cart, they can go back and they go back like a week later to buy it. The esthetician still retains that commission. So even if they go back, so I feel like there's all these things that are coming out of the revolution, Mm -hmm. um, that are, it might not be the big brands, you know, but the smaller brands are definitely taking note and they are making changes already. I'm just curious to try to see the big brands stance or perspective on this could you guys can you kind of understand where the resistance is to making change on this policy like what's at stake for them if they were to change the medical director policy like why not do that wouldn't it open up their markets to more professionals couldn't it make more money for them is it just simply they don't want to go back on their word can you speak to that at all Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, that is, that is the thing, right? <laughs> like, it's like, why <laughs> don't you want to change? <laughs> and I yeah. think, I think 
number one, they have systems in place. You, like I said earlier, you can't just change things right away, right? Yeah. So I understand that. Um, but there's certain brands that are established that never changed their values. They started that way and they've stuck to that. Mm-hmm. And the ones that kind of, to me, the ones that didn't really stand for anything are falling for whatever trends and whatever technology comes in. Right. So they're just like, they're always trying to keep up and change and, and make money and like and make group. money. <laughs> I feel like that's the big thing that we need to highlight here is the brands who don't stand for much or who have those deceitful values or, you know, they say mm-hmm. they have these values and then they go and they do prime day on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like the, those are the brands that I feel like, they it's very clear that what they want is money like it's not that they want great relationships with licensed estheticians or even physicians or any brand partners they're not really valuing that at all when they go and do a prime day sale or when they go and do you know when they go and just grab at any shiny money object like that it is presented to them Mm mm-hmm And I think I want to highlight a little bit the issue with the sales for a consumer who's maybe like, yay, a sale. That's, that's great. I think the issue for estheticians is just for one, we want, we want people who have professional products in their hands to know how to use them and to get the best possible result out of them. And it can be frustrating for the professional when we have a whole treatment plan in mind. We have an idea of how we want to appropriately get you on active products and a routine and the consumer can so easily just get something, you know, from Amazon. And there goes the time we spent attaining a brand training and educating the client um, that we're not able to receive commission on. And that is something that our livelihood depends on. And, you know, maybe it's not such a big deal when it's one client, but it happens more than you might expect. It's funny when you were saying that it reminded me like early on the revolution, someone had said like, why are you being so dramatic? Why is this so dramatic? Uh If you don't like a brand, don't work with them. And for me, I had like two <laughs> thoughts on that. It was like, okay, well, the literal definition of a revolution is a dramatic, literally, <laughs> like, that's what it says, um, dramatic and and wide reaching change in the way something works or is done or like the ideas of it, right? That's yeah. what a revolution is. And that type of like thinking that just like, to me is small-minded, it's short-sighted and It's funny because it's half of our business retail. Yeah. yeah, Fuck. Yeah. yeah, We're dramatic. I mean, retail is 80% of our clients results and half of our business. Like this is important. It's important. And this is an upheaval. Like what's happening. The way brands are doing business with us as of now is not working for us. So we have to be dramatic. We have to create this upheaval. We have to all post at the same time on the same day, the Mm -hmm. same message, the same letter with all of our personal stories to make the message come across to the brands who are not treating us fairly. Something I've also seen that's like another uh, tangent off of this original problem is, for example, um, I had an esthetician friend kind of complaining to me about this the other day. There was a professional brand. She had put a client on, you know, a, a bunch of different products. The client not only went and purchased them on Amazon, but she then became like got an affiliate code to sell <laughs> that that product and get commission off of it. So it's like, not only can, can the consumer get the product, they can now make money working with the brand. So why even get the license? Why get the medical director? Why invest as a business? And even talking to a mentee of mine the other day, she was saying her overhead in being a small business and an esthetician here in Orange County, she's losing money as a business with rent, with back bar, with 
trying to hire a medical director, she's not making enough to stay in business. So it's really just the whole model is becoming really problematic. That's why I started, I started my business out of frustration because I didn't want to take someone else's guidance anymore. I was done after eight years. I was like, no, I see a better way. I want to do it my way. I knew that I had to protect my business. My motivation is fear. Usually when I'm making a big decision, I'm afraid, okay, how am I going to be safe? And so Mm -hmm. that's why I chose brands that I was like, I don't have to worry. They are in my corner. My clients cannot get them anywhere else. But I just did, I wanted to say to estheticians as well, that like, when you're thinking about your business and your clients, you need to position yourself as an expert, right? And that's really the key. It's not, even if you have brands that sell online, you can still carry them. But the language that you use to describe who you are and how the relationship is going to work with the client, that's the key. It Mm -hmm. is in your power. Like, I don't want estheticians to feel powerless Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. this conversation because you do have power. Because when you're speaking to that client one-on-one, you can be direct and say, this is how... I will treat your skin. This is how you can interact with me and continue to receive treatments in a good way. This is what I need from you, period. There is no room for interpretation. It all goes back to stepping into that masculine authority in your business, in your career with your clients, even if you're working for someone else and you're an employee at a spa, uh, you still have clients. You are still the boss of your clients. So stepping into that, here's how I'm going to take care of you. Here's what I expect from you. And making these terms really clear the way Josh just said, you know, even in the way Josh does his forms for new clients and Alicia does the, you know, they have their whole form set up. So like they have to agree for home Mm -hmm. care, like Mm -hmm. to purchase home care, like all of that matters. Like this is the way we need to start. It's not just the brands, but it is up to us. Like we have to take that accountability on ourselves to here's how you do business with me. And that's what, you know, we're, we're expecting the brands to change the way they do business with us. I think a lot of us are going to have to change the way we do business with our clients in turn. Yeah. Yeah. There's that quote, right? If be the change you want to see in the world, right? It's so important for us because if we want to change this industry we're going to have to change too we can't we can't be afraid (laughs) and timid to have Mm -hmm. the conversations Mm -hmm. confront issues i went through this recently you know i shared on goods can circle about it a, a very specific situation and it gets harder the longer you're in business the longer you have relationships with clients the lines get blurred you know it's almost more difficult with a new client. You, you have a fresh start. It's easier, right? You can use all that you've learned to be like, bing, 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 right? Yeah. Fresh start. But when it's a client that starts backsliding and is like, oh yeah, well, I just bought it on Amazon. And you're like, okay, well, she comes every month. She spends a lot of money. Like, do I call her out on this? Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we need to learn how to just confront things in a kind way, in a professional way and and not be like, scared and second guessing ourselves. No, we're the pre- professional, we're the business owner, our livelihoods depend on this. And really our industry depends on this. Like, come on, the point about Amazon, sorry. It's just, it, it's really interesting because what, what I saw years and years ago was, it was really easy for me to say, don't buy it from Amazon because there was a lot of third party, right? Counterfeit, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, Amazon is the great, God of our society right now, and it ain't changing. And so they adapted. And what they did was they now require brands to establish an account that is authentically from that brand. So it is known. This is not a third-party retailer. We are partnered with this brand directly. So we're providing you the proper, you know, fresh product right from the brand. And, and that's problematic for us, right? Because now the consumer sees, well, what do you mean it's it's counterfeit or no, it's their brand. They yeah. are partnered. They have a store on Amazon. So it's not so easy anymore for us to just kind of discount Amazon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is why change needs to happen. This is why brands need to establish from the start. 
I think, like Ashley was saying, uh, we need to create a professional category where the brand is, no, we are dispensed professionally only. You need a license to dispense this product, an esthetician license. So I'm sorry, Amazon, we can't have a store partnership with you because we are only for licensed professionals. We can't sell directly to consumer. And this is something that brands can implement like nationwide. That mm-hmm. would so, be- and there's something else though that's going on. A lot of these brands that are on Amazon who are who do have Amazon storefronts are requiring licensed estheticians to have medical oversight. Right. There are several big brands. So it doesn't make sense from our standpoint. Why are you requiring me to have a medical director when you're selling directly to consumers on Amazon without a medical director? Like it makes no sense. It's completely unfair. It's completely unethical. And you know what? If you go on Amazon now and you search tretinoin, you can buy it, but it says must have a prescription. So then you go to, it takes you to Amazon pharmacy, you input your prescription and you can buy it from Amazon for dirt cheap, $10. So this is where I see the future happening where, okay, if brands now establish, you know, they established cosmeceutical and medical grade, which don't exist, but have requirements for them. Why don't you establish licensed professionally dispensed only, right? Then yeah, sure, have it on Amazon, but you need a licensed esthetician to sign off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And get credit. I don't know, mm-hmm. but there's just a way to do it. Obviously, they have to do it because it's law with prescriptions. So Amazon has to comply, but Amazon does not have to do anything that is outside of the law. Do you know what I mean? They can do whatever they want in that murky gray area. And so that's why it does matter that brands make change because they're the ones that like Amazon and these big stores are working with. Okay, I wanted to make sure that we also touched on education, you guys, because I know that's such a key cornerstone of the Golden Experience Guide and Ashley and Josh, what you are both all about in terms of bringing estheticians unbiased education. Can you guys touch on just the concept of branded education and some of the issues you've seen with that? Yeah, I think this is a great question. I'm so glad you brought this up too, um, because I did want to bring this up in in sort of the beginning even of the revolution. Um, I think why I felt so passionately at the time of the beginning of the revolution is because when we were developing Golden Experience Guide and creating all these collaborations with very experienced licensed estheticians in the industry and creating these courses earlier this year, Um, this topic came up a lot, you know, like this was, this is a topic, everyone, we've all been talking about behind closed doors for years. And um, my goal with Golden Experience Guide was to provide unbiased education because of all of the biased education that we were being provided with by brands and even some not skincare brands, but publications. And, you know, you never know where these sponsorships are coming from. And so it can be really tricky to navigate as a licensed esthetician, especially early in your career, which is the main target of a lot of our courses. We we are targeting like newly licensed estheticians to provide them really good education, the kind of education that we would have loved to have had when we were getting started in our career. And Um, For me, it was so important to advocate for newly licensed estheticians. And that that is my why behind the revolution, because we really do need to be the advocates for the younger generation coming in, because no one did that for us. And it was always gatekeeping. It was always, you know, when I was getting started in my career, I had mentors, but it was, I had to work so hard to get information out of them and I had to work for them. And I had to, you know, really like it, it wasn't easily given to me and I did not have the same kind of access that we're really hoping to provide the younger generation of licensed estheticians. So for me, this is more than, you know, just the revolution. Like this is the cause, like this is the reason behind Golden Experience Guide, like is to advocate for newly licensed estheticians. I would agree. I think, you know, when I met Ashley, um, it was a really pivotal 
point in my long career already. I mean, we've been friends for probably like two years. And, but at that point, I had been really closed off and jaded by what I had gotten from the industry. Much like Ashley, it was so much gatekeeping and so hard to get unbiased education. The, every brand had their own philosophy. It was so rare to find a brand that was just educating on the skin and how it functions and like how things affect the skin. So I had to do my own research for years, right? Reading books and mm-hmm. it's it just now with all the technology we have and, and education it, it's, it's much more accessible. When I did my course on Golden Experience Guide, it was actually kind of tied to the revolution that I didn't realize at the time, but it's because of my values, because I, I care so much about this industry and I care so much about estheticians. And at first, you know, I wasn't too keen on the idea of sharing all of my secrets and, and everything. It was really meeting Ashley and, and coming into a community and meeting a lot of other estheticians and, and seeing how important it was to me to feel this and to feel like I was cared for and part of something bigger than just myself. And that's when it really clicked for me. I was like, wait a second, why wouldn't I share everything I've learned? This is only going to help us as a whole. It's going to help our industry, you know? And, and that's why I, I've told every esthetician that has a small business, you need your own branded products. This is the way to safeguard your business Mm -hmm. because your clients can't get it on Amazon, like straight up and down. Like what? You put it there. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm proud of, of, I love you, Ashley, so much. You know this, but I need to say this again publicly. I think Ashley has just been such a key in, in all of our lives. You know, she's brought us together. That's like her superpower. And, and she's so like authentic and driven by community and, and it's infectious, you know, and, and it's changed the way that I view everything and have gone from that kind of like scarcity and protection mode to just like openness and, and wanting to share, which is, is what we all are at the end of the day, when we don't have all our walls up and we, we haven't been hurt and jaded and we're not operating from a place of hurt. Mm-hmm. We all do truly yeah. want community and we want to be with each other and share. That's what feels the best to us as humans. Right. And so I think just stepping into that and, and leaving that like hurt and fear behind, I think that's what this new generation is about. And that's what we're doing with golden experience guide. Yeah, Ash, you were the first esthetician I ever saw on Instagram, and you were the reason I even learned about so many of these brands that we're talking about. I I really learned about them through you, and that that really goes to show, I think, the power estheticians have in terms of creating brand awareness and really building up a lot of these companies that have sadly kind of left us in the dust. Oh, well, I am in tears. <laughs> I'm the first one. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, but, you know, it it's true. I am very community focused. Um, it's, I've always said this, but it's not about me. It's not about Josh. It's not about, you know, any of our educators. It really is about the community. It really is about the newly licensed estheticians. And that's who we really want to help um, with this messaging and with the esthetician revolution. Um, if we can help you in any way, just feel more empowered in your own business and um, and feel like you are worthy and you are, you deserve to feel like you have authority and autonomy and um, like you don't need to have a medical director just to carry a skincare brand. I mean, that's really what it is at the end of the day is um, is empowerment of the licensed esthetician. And if we don't do it now, it is going to disappear. I mean, our, our scope of practice is at stake in Maryland. It's at stake. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, definitely go check out um, what what's the tag? What's their Maryland Estheticians Alliance? Maryland Estheticians Alliance. MD, oh, on on uh, Instagram, it's like MD um, S, MD Esthetician Alliance. Yeah, they have hired a lobbyist. That's how 
severe it has gotten in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have high, they, this group has hired a lobbyist to fight for their scope of practice in Maryland because they're not being taken seriously. The scope is not being taken seriously. And it's just, it could happen in your state. Um, and it might. So I think this is where the brands, the big brands, this is where they come in because if they start respecting us and if they start giving us the empowerment, the autonomy, the the voice that we really need to have in this industry, like that could change things for us. To say something quickly about um, your question, Tess, about education and stuff, for me, I would ultimately like to see estheticians mandated to have continuing education credits every two years, just like the medical community. And I think Mm -hmm. that this would go Mm -hmm. really, really far in our cause and in our level of experience and expertise and authority with the medical community, with consumers, because, you know, we get a license for six months or whatever, 12 months, it depends on your state. And then you're just left to figure it out on your own. And that goes back to our educational platform, Golden Experience Guide, because where else are you going to get it, right? Like you have to figure it out in the treatment room. You have to make those mistakes. You have to burn someone with a chemical peel before you realize, oh, I forgot to tell her not to use tretinoin a week before. Like, no, you should know this. And I think estheticians need to be mandated for education because you don't get it in school. You're only getting basic, basic knowledge. And then And then the people are going out and opening their own business right after school. No offense to any of you that did. You're brave. That's amazing. But eh, I think you need more. I think you need more experience before you do that. There's like a huge lack. There's a huge white space, a lack of education in our industry for licensed estheticians. It is all brand education. Like Mm -hmm. how many people Mm -hmm. are doing what we're doing? I mean, it's not very many. Like we see coaching, esthetician coaching everywhere, teaching estheticians how to make money. But how many of us are out here trying to teach our skill sets to other estheticians like that is what we need more of and I that is really what our goal is and I agree with you Josh I think we definitely need to completely overhaul like the education (laughs) as it is right now like there really needs to be a little bit more required of us on like a national level too like it has to be like across the board legally it cannot be like I can't watch estheticians in Texas be able to legally mm-hmm. microneedle and I'm we're sitting here in California and we can't do it. Like it just, it's, it's not fair. And estheticians just end up doing it, not getting the right education and possibly hurting someone. So where does the lack of education benefit the consumer? Where does it benefit the small business? Where does it benefit? It doesn't benefit anyone. Education is the most important thing that humanity has. That's how we're able to continue as a society and grow and the individuals get empowered. It's education. So yeah, obviously I'm a little passionate about that. (laughs) I want to ask you guys, what do you think about the concept of certifications Mm. being done through brands and their education do you do you see any issues with that with like acne training or specific certifications especially those that are really popular just being hosted by brands and I know Josh we kind of talked about the the idea that maybe we should look at these brand trainings as more philosophy versus fact but what do you guys think yeah I agree I think Oof, that's a tough one though, because there's there's obviously a lot of nuance there, but th- yeah. the clear, I think, simple thing is that, yeah, obviously a brand is going to push their philosophy and their ideas on how, you know, the skin works, given their specific formulas and their pH values and, you know, layering and all that stuff. There's so much that goes into it, right? It's complex. So I think that there's a couple of brands that have done an amazing job of educating on their brand, but also on the skin and how it works. And it and, and it helped me. It helped me when I took a, a very popular acne course um, earlier in my career, it changed the game for me. Like I didn't know about all these things, but with my own clinical experience and hands-on, I realized, okay, that's junk. That is garbage. No, um, that's not, you know what I mean? Like I had to yeah. learn for myself. And that goes back to non-biased education, right? 
we're all going to have our own philosophies, but yeah. if you're exposed to a lot of different skill sets and a lot of different philosophies, you'll find your own mm -hmm. and make it your own. And that's okay mm -hmm. too. But yeah, I think brands need to be less focused on their products. And I feel like it would build way more trust. Like, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, would flock to that brand. Helping estheticians have more discernment um, is something that I think a lot of brands can shift their focus toward. Um, but, you know, as we all know, we've been doing it for a long time. Um, discernment only comes from experience. And I think it's, it's going to be different for everyone. Like my philosophy is so different from Josh's. It's so different from Morgan's. It's so different from Rianne's. It's so different from Michaela's, right? But we all have collectively a lot of experience, very similar experience, you know, but we all are so different. So I think, you know, just empowering, again, empowering the esthetician to develop their own discernment, I think is a, is a good area that brands could focus on. And estheticians really need to develop critical thinking. They yes. can't just fall hook, line, and sinker for a brand that comes in and says, you need to carry our products because we have clinical studies. Really? Let's let's go a little bit deeper than what the rep's words are, right? That does right. not mean it's true. Right. And and this is where we get caught in. I mean, there's a very popular example happening right now. And I mean, I didn't, I don't really buy into any of that stuff. I know. I'm like, okay. But hey, it's it does provide some kind of benefit. And I like how it fits into my practice in this. But I know, you know, I'm I'm educated and I understand that it's just marketing. But some people don't, and they actually really believe yeah. the marketing and then perpetuate it to their clients. And this is kind of where that whole thing goes with medical grade and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say. I do think the new esthetician is very vulnerable though. Mm. Like we all were, you're coming out of school. You only know what you read in mm. the Milady textbook. You're so excited. And this is your, your first education and, and, you know, the first new information you're taking in outside of school. So it does feel very legitimate and you don't know anything else. You haven't had the life experience to work on people and, uh, you don't have the perspective to question things. You do take it as fact. I know I did, but I think it's good messaging for those who are new to sort of take brand trainings with a grain of salt. I think a good example of this too is um, early in my career, I, this is, gets me a little angry, but basically, you know, brands do target the vulnerable esthetician, the ones that are getting out of school and they target them in school. And so they pose as, oh, we're coming into the school to educate yeah. your students, right? And give them access to a brand before they get uh, graduate. Unfortunately, my experience was they indoctrinated me with their philosophy of parabens are bad and chemicals are bad and cause cancer and all this stuff. And chemical sunscreens are horrible. They disrupt your immune system and uh, it, it, all of these horrible things, right? And I was still in school right? So I ate that up. I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm so grateful for this. So when I start working on clients, I won't be hurting them. I'll be doing my best, right? And so I kept perpetuating those myths to my clients for years, thinking that this brand had like freed me of these horrible companies that were trying to kill us. And <laughs> oh, girl, the wake up call that I had, you know, it was, it was really hard, you know, because I felt like such a fraud and I was ashamed that's the vulnerable esthetician, right? And that's the position that they're in. And it's not our fault, right? We're being targeted by marketing and purposeful lies that go against science. And, and that's really sad. And that's, yeah. I think also what the esthetician revolution is about is just waking you up to critical thinking mm -hmm. and hearing yes. people that are, have been in this industry say, Hey, I made these mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Don't make them learn from me. You yeah. know, this is free shit we're giving out, free advice. Like we talk take on our stories all the time, on our pods all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like take the shortcut. I yeah. was going to tell, like take take it. Like, I mean, and then there's the other side of it. It's like so many people learn by doing and by, you know, going, having to go through it themselves. And so, but at least we're 
for those people like a confirmation at the on the other side of their experiences like oh yeah no that really was messed up like that really was <laughs> I think it ties in I want to get to this question um we had a good question on our um on the post that we did today about this podcast and it's from Tally my mom. I was gonna say we need to read this question too <laughs> yes. Love Tally. um and Love it ties in really really well with this um and she actually knows my answer already so I'm going to ask it to both of you what your opinions are on this but mm -hmm. she wants to know how to navigate working with brands where you love the products but you think their ethics could improve great question I mean yeah you want to go first, Josh? No, you go, babe. Okay. I'm just super direct. I think you can have great relationships with brands while while calling out behavior you don't think is appropriate. And I mean, I've I've done it on social media, so it's right there. We have a track record. I've seen a brand I love and work with a, a consumer or actually an influencer had kind of posted a video asking professionals and estheticians for their advice. And it was such a cool moment for all estheticians and small businesses to step in and offer some two cents to this girl who was struggling with her skin. I was so disappointed to see the brand step in and say, hey, we will send you, you know, all of these free products. And that's something small businesses maybe can't compete with. And it's kind of just... <laughs> undermining the whole purpose of working with professionals and kind of taking our moment away. So I just commented and, and said, you know, hey, I'd, I'd love to see estheticians shine here. I just didn't feel it was appropriate to step in. So, I mean, and I said it in a respectful way, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with just being direct. We could easily do a part two because I know I have I have a lot more questions for you guys, but I want to be respectful of your time. I think maybe we can just end on how could estheticians who are hearing this and feeling inspired get more involved with the esthetician revolution? Ashley? <laughs> you want to answer that? <laughs> I mean, I think I said it before. I think it's about, you know, building community and, um, I know that on Golden Experience Guide, we do have, don't we have a free community section Yeah. where it's like a message board mm -hmm. and um, that will, I think, be in development as we go forward, but just getting involved following, I think following Golden Experience Guide, you're going to get a lot of information there um, when we post stories and um, we talk about what's happening. Um, my handle is agentrx.co and on my profile, there's a link. Um, to sign the petition for estheticians and Ashley has it as well. Um, and it's funny because we're still getting signatures. I still get emails that someone used my link to sign it. So it's nice. I think we're at 3000 or something like that now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of estheticians that believe um, in the same things and are standing in their values, you know, and mm -hmm. The more that we are united in that, I think the better. And honestly, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, I'm an eternal optimist and I see all of this as really, really good. It, it sucks. You know, it, it kind of sucks having to like face your own demons in this industry and, and like face, face down the hard shit. It really sucks and it doesn't feel good, but it's, it's for the good long-term. And I think yeah, I don't even know if I answered that question. I'm going off track, but anyway, love you. I think follow, oh. sign the petition. <laughs> yeah, sign the petition. Um, yeah. If you want to get more involved in the revolution, you can email community at goldenexperienceguide.com and we'll add you into the group of activists, like people who are really using their platforms um, to create, act, like to actively create change in the revolution. Um, only email if you want to really be a part of it in terms of using your platform, like posting, posting at the same time with all of us. This is really, really important um, in terms of impact. Don't just don't just email if you want to like hear all the behind the scenes because there's really Jeez, not a lot. Yeah. yeah, we're not really saying a lot in that group that is not being like put out there at some point. So you're not probably going to even benefit from it. 
Yeah, it's not about gossip, you know, it's yeah. about action and it's about supporting each other. And that group has been amazing. The way, I mean, we've had discussions in that group that were really hard discussions, people confronting each other in a really kind and honest way, but mm -hmm. saying it direct to their, you know, mm -hmm. digital face. And, you know, and those, those moments are so powerful. It, it reaffirms to me that like, wow, this is what it's about. You know, it's not like someone just dragging someone on threads randomly for attention. It's, oh no, I have a problem with you. I'm going to say it to you and be like, hey, I don't agree with what you said or this and that. That's like the mature way and, and the evolved way to keep growing and learning. And, and that's what it's all about, the esthetician revolution. It's not about being mean or anything to someone. It's just about saying, hey, this hurt me or this I disagree with. What do you think about this? And then the person is like, oh, I see that I was wrong or I could learn and grow from this opportunity. That's the type of people that are in this group, the 80 to 100 people that are in there now. They're all like on that vibe. It's kind of amazing. Are you guys having any more town halls? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you know, you know, I just get married, girl. So. <laughs> we got to take a break. From the town halls. Yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah, we've just been. Uh, I think we've both been busy. so busy and yeah, busy and oh my gosh, I think your bridal actually, era. Yeah, and um, more more than that, it, we did propose the idea for a brand to host a yeah. town hall right. in the last one. We still have yet to hear from any brands. So if you're Josh, brand, you and I might have to do a free skin <laughs> X Agent RX. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing if you guys did like uh, Agent RX free skin branded town hall, maybe in like November. We'll talk. I love that. Yes. <laughs> well, amazing. Okay. Um, anything else you guys wanted to share? Bring us tags yeah. for Thank proposing you. this idea. This was on. so much fun. We haven't podcasted in a while, so it's good to get some things off of our chest. <laughs> I sure did. Bless my heart. I sure did. <laughs> um, do you guys want to shout out your handles and just plug yourselves? Um, I am ageless Ashley, but don't follow me. Go follow at Golden Experience Guide and Josh is agentrx.co. Yeah, on Instagram and don't follow me on TikTok. <laughs> what? I love your TikTok. Oh God. You've been showing up. I'm proud. Barely. Um, you're the best, Tess. Thank you so much. And yes. this has been 10 with Tess. 10 questions probably 35 <laughs> with Tess but thank Wait, you all really? for listening we'll do another one yeah let's do another one let's do another one this, we're like a, the, the three amigos I love it so good <laughs> all right well I love you guys thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules and thank love you all you. for listening love you guys bye